Hey everyone, we are back. We are back. Um, we are on tradition eight. Um, we had a bit of a hiatus. We had vacations and COVID and family visits and everything. And so, but we, uh, we persevere in our faithful study of the traditions. So tradition eight, um, AA, OA, Al-Anon, whatever, um, I'll say OA should remain forever non-professional, but our server centers may employ special workers, spiritual principle fellowship. But before we get into the, the tradition itself and the how we you know compare the evolution through AA, Al-Anon, and OA, do you guys even remember listening to the, because that was a while ago that you listened to the speaker. I really I listened, listened to a couple days ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Fine. <laughs> I liked it. I okay. liked the guy. I liked his humility. I did note that the recording was 49 minutes long and it took him 27 minutes to actually start talking about the tradition. But the beginning of it was all about why we have traditions and I really enjoyed that part and the, his whole idea of the separation of the spiritual from the material. To me, that made a lot of sense. And, and reading the AA version about. Um, Can you explain that for our listeners, what he was talking about, separation, spiritual material? Oh, so the, the idea that we can uh, employ special workers, that he was he was making the distinction between what he said was the material, it's not just money, power, prestige, control, organization, rules, the ego grandizing of things, he said. And um, that the different, the different dif differentiation between the spiritual and the material, the spiritual part of it is when you do the 12 step work. And the material part is what you need to do to allow the 12 step work to happen. And how that, I just imagine that struggle they had about, you can't make money off AA, you know, that yeah. that someone we hire to clean the toilets is somehow benefiting from AA. And I was like, no, so, <laughs> I agree. With that part. Yeah. All right, Megan. And you gave a sort of mid, you know, a five star, you know, or five. Yeah. So, I mean, that. Yeah, the series is interesting because it is a very, it's like a very um, Southern flavor of AA, which is, it, it's like, I think it was also like 1998. 1996, like a, yeah. 1996. So yeah, like a snapshot in time of this very like specific time and place. But I did think that he was talking about a lot that was relevant. The, the thing that I kept thinking when I was listening to him was I guess because a lot of the other speakers had had talked about that too just threaded through the different traditions that you know like it's okay to as long as you're not monetizing 12-step work it's okay um, and so I had this sort of deja vu of like have we listened to this before? <laughs> have we yeah. done this before? Or also just a, a lot of talking about like how important the traditions are um, I did think it was powerful that he 
was also like a like worked in um, addiction medicine or addiction counseling or whatever it sounded like you worked in that the recovery industry and so he was actually able to maybe speak to it a little bit better and what the delineation um, between the sort of spiritual and professional realms are so I thought that was interesting and it's funny um uh father terry talks about wearing two hats you get your helper hat and then your helpy hat and he sort of so he sort of talks about he didn't make that term up i guess when he was doing the workshop that was kind of you know people who work in the field of alcoholism and addiction and um and that uh you know, they, you can start to think that because you work in a treatment facility or whatever, that you don't need to go to meetings and you don't need to do service. Um, and in fact, he was sort of talking about how, you know, inevitably you're going to drink again because you're not actually working the program, you know, which is, is that on one hand, you need to sit in the rooms and wear your healthy hat, that you're an alcoholic who needs help or an overeater, mm. anorexic. Um, and you need to be able to, to sit in a room and remember that. And then to do 12 step work specifically in 12 step format, where it's one alcoholic working, working with another, you know, for fun and for free, you know, and giving back what was so freely given to you. So I thought that was also kind of interesting i um i remember at this point kind of the same thing megan like i did like the points that he made that alice that you talk about but at this point when i was listening to him i was like did any of you listen to the other speakers you know what i mean like did anyone and i got a sense you know and i had been already having it like oh you just showed up and did your your part and it's kind of like okay and then the other thing that I got um was like oh okay and whoever put this thing on which is awesome and great that you did it because it's the only one I've been able to find where each tradition is given a talk you know I can find them on the traditions but they're all like one workshop on all traditions is the only thing I found where each tradition had its own talk Um, So thank you for doing that. But it also seemed like, and Alice, you and I have been in this position before, and Megan, I would assume, intergroup San Francisco, where you're just trying to find people who will come and do the service. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, no, just read it, whatever. And it's like, okay, all right. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I'm a bit of a snob, I admit it. And I'm like, it's, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, where it's like, you just repeated the whole chapter to me. Like I can read, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, that's kind of my, my. Yeah. But I will also, I guess I will also say that I've been in recovery for nine years and I've never like 
I mean, I've read the traditions like in meetings, right? right. Um, but I've never like done an intensive study. So I would imagine that there were a lot of people in that room that had never. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's what I was yeah. saying. It's like, you know, for Alice and I, and that's why I, I didn't want to assume not you, Megan, because I don't recall or remember where we put on retreats, we, we get speakers, right. whatever. And like, we don't just go up to someone and say, hey, would you like to come to this co- convention and talk? You know what I mean? We're like, but it kind of felt like this guy just got people that he liked or whatever and was like, yeah, why don't you do it? And it's like, okay, yeah, all right. So that's why I was said it's, that was not a spiritual perspective, but my very snobbish view on the series is that some of these were, you know, really good speakers, really good presenters. And then some were kind of like, where you just want to cheer yeah. for getting up and having the bravery to do it, you know? So. Yeah. I also wonder if it like from, I think we there's only been one female speaker and the rest of them have all at least sounded like white men uh, from the, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I wonder if it's just like, they have very similar experience, strength and hope to share. And yeah. so it starts to all sort of sound similar. Um, Good point too. So, all right. So going into, let's start with the AA, where it all starts. Uh, Alice, why don't we start with you? Or wait, we started. Okay. So I'm looking at, what? No, go ahead. I'm just looking at what I highlighted. Um, The job was not, oh, so they're talking about the people they hired. The job was not to do 12-step work. It was to make 12-step work possible about, you know, the secretaries and the, yeah, and the, um, so the support people. Yeah. And that they wanted to hire people who are actually in AA so they understand what the person is. So they're talking about the people working at the main office, like. They wanted to hire people who understood what what the a the alcoholic who's calling is going through. That's how they ended up hiring AA people to make yeah, an office. Yeah, but then you know, Megan, do you remember the the other side of that? So not is it's, it's like so yes, they wanted that, but then those people, uh, they you know ridiculed as professionalism and were sort of seen as this is what was really interesting is just this is why I like when we read the AA book because we get to hear like why why this tradition like what was happening that Bill was like and I guess professionalism was the big thing so Megan do you want to speak to anything that you read yeah what I was reminded of is I guess it was the previous tradition the seventh tradition about like the policy of corporate poverty mm-hmm. um and about how th- this tradi- like I guess as we're sort of layering all these traditions on top of each other like there's more and more nuance so yes we have a policy of corporate poverty but we also need to pay people to clean the toilets and to answer letters and answer questions because um the 
the alcoholics are not going to get help if there's not someone who's being paid to sit there or, or like things are going to fall through the cracks if um, we don't have someone here who can can do that work. And I just thought that the tension between tradition seven and tradition eight um, yeah. is mm-hmm. thought provoking. Yeah. Or that they should just. So am I remembering correctly when they first they it was banned by all volunteers and then people got burnt out and then they decided yeah. to yeah. hire and then they said well we won't pay them a, like what yeah. today we would call a living wage yeah because then they're not really making money right but so the, the last year uh, and then those people got burnt out yeah so they wanted to hire people so um they, yeah and then like the, you said the hiring it's like oh okay if we're gonna hire them then we're not gonna pay them what they're worth because otherwise they're going to claim that it's professionalism, which is what apparently was going on was this that because there were no traditions, alcoholics who were getting sober were going out and getting paid, you know, and then people were like accusing them of this term professionalism, like that they were exploiting AA. Right. <laughs> I also noted that the last sentence, the speaker talked about this, the, our 12th step is never to be paid for, but those who labor in service of us are worthy of their hire. So this whole, like, if we're going to have people in and they, it needs to be a, a living, I, I interpret it as a living wage, not like we'll pay you a dollar for yeah. your time kind of thing. Yeah. I thought the first paragraph where it says almost no recovery from alcoholism has ever been brought by the world's best professionals, whether medical or religious. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, AA, throwing down the gauntlet. (laughs) I'm not sure that's true for everybody, but okay. Uh, uh, And then I think also in this kind of you know, when they reviewed, um, you know, when they were kind of trying to get to like, okay, we've got on the one extreme professionalism, right? Like, oh, you're exploiting. So no one can get any money in AA. And then on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, the volunteers trying to clean toilets and do all this work are getting burnt out and inconsistent. Like we need some, you know, and, and then they had to do a deep dive on what was the uh, real issue. And then, you know, on the sort of second to last page at the bottom, um, it was the violation in these instances was not professionalism. It was breaking anonymity. You know, that yep. people were going out and using AA's name in these professional fields of alcoholism, addiction, whatever, as some sort of endorsement. Um, and that was, so when people were saying professionalism, professionalism, they were sort of confusing um, uh, that with uh, the anonymity. And then I also like on the very last page, the very last line is, which is what we were talking about earlier, our 12th step is never to be paid for, 
but those who labor in service for us are worthy of their hire. So, so I, this is making me think about like intergroup work and like administrative intergroup work that is not necessarily 12 step work, but in service of the organization. Right. Does that mean that technically you could hire someone on your intergroup to do work for those service positions? Well, I think that's a good question because I assume that they were talking about the World Service Office. Well, we have intergroups hire people to develop their websites. They don't have, and to maintain their websites, like they don't have yeah. people in their intergroup oh, okay. who have that capability. And so they hire a professional to do that. Okay. It's just like when we had a, someone developed the, the logo for uh, Oregon in a group. If it was a graphic artist who did it for us. And if she wasn't a member of OA, then we need yes, to pay her. Oh, yes, well, well, I, I asked that question. If she's not an OA person, then we have to pay her for work. Yeah, that's but right. she was an OA person, so yeah. And was she paid for no, her work? Because no. she's a member of OA and she was offering to do it as a service. Yeah, that's interesting. Where if she wasn't a member of OA, not part of the fellowship, and I asked her, because I'm the one that connected with her, if I said, oh, hey, would you do a logo for us, then Alice, I do remember you sort of brought up, then we have to pay her for her services. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise it's a break of this. Is it the seventh tradition? No. Yeah. Soliciting or accepting outside donations. Yeah. It's considered uh, yeah, yeah. outside donations. Yeah. But this, this happened, this came up in the last WSBC, um, there was a loan, the, the nonprofit business applied for the loan for, um, to pay salaries, right? And then because we were a nonprofit, the government forgave the loan. And so a motion came before said, we can't take that money. That's an, that's an outside donation. And so the whole discussion was around seventh tradition versus a legitimate nonprofit business expense. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, like a PPP loan. Okay. Right. It. it was the PPP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so they had every intention of paying it back. They didn't, you know, it was, she said this, you know, um, someone said that we, um, we asked for the loan to be forgiven, which wasn't true. The government right. just apparently decided if you're a nonprofit, we're not going to, make you pay it back they were forgiving just so you know all all loans that met the criteria of keeping people employed during that time so yeah oh so if you actually use the money for what you're supposed to use it for then yeah well, also specifically you were using it for salary right so that totally fits you know, so I would assume that when you applied for the loan or whomever applied for the loan, when it said what for what reason, it said, well, basically salary. So just like you right. said, Megan, to keep people employed. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's probably a category that, you know, someone just, you know, filtered and was like, all right, all these people get down, you know, forgiven loan. Wow. That's really interesting. I didn't. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a really so, interesting discussion. So the, what did, what was the vote that it was an um, outside donation or the, the motion was to pay it back because it was um, this, whoever brought the motion said it was an outside donation. And it was defeated because they, oh, okay. they, because of this whole professionalism versus, I mean, it's kind of the same thing versus 12 step work. Yeah. The business expense versus the seventh tradition donation. Right. There's a oh, separation okay. there. Right. And so oh, they, wow. Yeah. It's not, the government did not give us a donation. The program was to help nonprofits keep people employed. So the business side made the decision to apply for the loan oh wow yeah god you just i mean so many so many subtle ways do you ever can we just have a, a just a personal moment do you ever like have a moment a time and during a discussion where someone brings something up and you're like jesus christ really you know what i mean has that ever happened all the time okay <laughs> <laughs> where i'm like yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, uh, my partner who shall remain nameless on the podcast said that he was in an A meeting where it was a, a, a woman's like her financial amends was that she did absolutely everything by the book. And she was the treasurer for this meeting. And he said, the, and I don't think you can, uh, I don't. Think, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate no, to be your right. person, but yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I can't. Okay, never mind. (laughs) But anyway, we do have moments where, um, yes. And I've even actually been the person where I'm like, I know that someone's going to hate this, but, and it's always about changing the script. I'm like, you don't just get to change the script. Like, you know, the script is, I know it, I'm like, and I'm cringing going like, I know it sucks, but you, you can't arbitrarily unilaterally decide to change the script of the meeting, you know what I mean? Or go off script or, you know, be like, oh, well, I'm going to do it this way today. It's like, no. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, I know. It really, really sucks. Anyway. All right. So that's the AA. And so Alanon. Alanon? Okay. Yeah. Switch books. I feel like I'm not doing a great job of interviewing tonight. So everyone just has to forgive me. Um uh, I mean, I'm tired too. So <laughs> yeah, we're doing our best. You know, I should be like prompting questions and then shutting up. Uh all right. So what did you, what did, did anyone sort of notice? So, cause again, we're sort of tracking how, because we got AA, which starts the tradition because all the shit was going down and, you know, Bill and Bob were like, this thing's going to implode on itself. And so the traditions come and then we have Al-Anon where it's, you know, 24, 
five years later, 20 whatever years later, and it's a little bit of a different, it's a different group, a different population, and then it's a different era. And then we have OA um, like 10 years later, certainly, but then the book doesn't come out because we were using AA literature until what, the 80s or 90s? Alice, do you remember? Oh, OA? Yeah. Uh, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. Like early 90s. Right. So we've got the AAs oh, in the 50s. I would say, I would guesstimate Al-Anon um, in the 60s and then OA in the 90s, not to mention that now we're dealing with the second edition that just came out. So uh, Megan, did you notice anything in the Al-Anon tradition? Um, what I often notice about the Al-Anon traditions is that they are focused much more on how the tradition applies to you personally and your own personal conduct, conduct versus, and how it can be yeah. interpreted for your own life yeah, versus totally. like the group yeah. uh, and governance. Um, so there's a couple lines in here that says, as experts on living with alcoholism by virtue of our own experience, we help others by sharing what we have felt and what we have learned rather than by giving advice. Um, and then a little bit later on page 118, it says, we help others by sharing who we are, not by acting as resident experts. <laughs> like they know that like that is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> what page like, was that that you just read? Oh, um so the first one was on page 117 and the second line was on page 118 oh okay well unfortunately um mine's a different book so what was the line oh, okay oh as experts on living with alcoholism by virtue of our own experience we help each other by sharing what we have felt and what we have learned rather than by giving advice oh right and then, yeah yeah and then there's another line um we no longer need to fix everyone else everyone else's problems by offering unsolicited advice we help others by sharing who we are not by acting yeah. as resident actors yeah uh alice any um i highlighted the one that said so after what megan said um so as a fellowship, we do not look to any professionals for our answers. Yeah. Right. We look at one another under the guidance of a power greater than ourselves. So I was reading going, this is not really about hiring people. It's like, it's the very last paragraph when they said, you know, we need some full-time workers because we're so big. Kind of. Right. Um, I noticed that in another one, if we do the ABA one, it was... Um, most of the right reading was about um, service is necessary in the last very last paragraph couple of sentences on ex employ special workers but right yeah I see it as um, you know they give it's you know we're a huge worldwide organization and most of it is the listing the different kinds of people that they need to employ yeah yeah. Uh, and it's go ahead. Oh, sorry. It, it's focused on like not being a not being a professional Al-Anon yeah. uh, 
in your own in your own program yeah versus the sort of like bigger idea of professionalism and when that is appropriate and when it's not so what yeah what it's, are you guys it's more about the non-professional part like that's the part they focus on is how you're a non-professional oh well and that works you know i'm i wonder if uh i'm reading paths to recovery in Al-Anon. oh i'm just no, i don't have that one yeah i i have no idea if um huh there's two different ratings on the tradition i'll find out later uh oh i think there are because um it's longer than this i can tell you that um anyway i'm not going to worry about it because i was like i can't find what you guys are talking about at all um i'm not going to worry about it uh but on my in path to recovery uh one of the things that it mentions is is that a lot of people who are professional need to be able to come into al-anon and not be professional not even like um you know kind of like an aa like make them not be professional but basically like these people need a place to just take off their professional hat and just be like oh god please just help you know the helper healthy thing i need help please help me so i thought that was also kind of really interesting here it is in al-anon professionals to whom others turn for help clergy counselors doctors social workers can find the solace and support they need for themselves. When they share in a meeting, they do so as members of the group with their own recovering experience, their primary concern. Like each of us, they may have many ideas and experience that they bring with, bring with them. And like us, they are powerless over alcohol and alcoholics. Um, each of us holds some of the knowledge we all need and our participation is necessary to our recovery. We learn together. So I thought that was really great. Um, Megan, do you remember in uh, Learning to Live with Crazy People, Father Tom, where he talks about that Al-Anon meeting that he went to, where the woman was like, she led the whole thing? Oh, yeah. I think that, yeah. And I've had that experience too where there's a person that I know who has a lot of recovery in another program and she will use her shares to respond to other people's shares yeah. as if she is a professional and it is super annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and the yeah. one that I was talking about, Alice, is that, you know, and learning to live with crazy people cannot plug that um, enough. If you go to Al-Anon Baton Rouge, their website, speaker, workshop, whatever you can find it. Anyway, um, it's also on in my audio files, but uh, like, I guess like there's in, you know, in LA, there was an Alan quote, Alan on meeting. And basically one woman led it and you'd ask her questions and she'd answer them. And that was the quote Al-Anon meeting. And, and, and Father Thomas was like, that was not an Al-Anon meeting. Uh, good for her. You know, she gave good advice, but that woman is absolutely in her disease of Al-Anon. Um, mm. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm so glad we wow. don't live during that time. <laughs> you know, like, you know, so. Anyway. Yeah. 
Well, it also, it's, uh, I think it's, it's also important why like the interchange of leadership is so important and that one person doesn't, doesn't become the expert or the professional um, in meetings. Well, that one's really hard for me because we are supposed to do um, a rotation of leadership. And I don't know what it's like in other places. Well, I do know what it's like in the Bay Area and it's really good. It is horrible here. It is, I'm sorry, Portland, I love you and everything, but we will let someone do the same service position in a meeting for years. And that's not healthy. That's also kind of on the person that keeps doing the service, right? Like I get that, you know what I mean? But what I have seen is like, you know, and I've tried to step in, like when someone is like, you know, you know, I, I've been doing this. Does anyone want to do it? No one says anything, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had just a rotation in service in a meeting that I do. We do six months. And uh, one woman who was rotating out said, I re- I stepped up for service because I really want this. I need this meeting to keep going. And it's my turn to stop. Yeah. I mean, she's just like, and I said, me too. I, I really want this meeting to continue so and there's like 26 people on the call and like yeah so if no one steps up then that that's yeah. going to be the end of the meeting and we had by the end we had two of the three positions gone but yeah it's um in my experience it's been the people that keep doing it out of fear that the meeting's going to close right and sorry but if if everybody knows that's going to happen then there's yeah. no opportunity to push you know, pass your comfort zone and step up and say, yes, this meeting is important to me and I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna and I'm show gonna, up and do it. Yeah. And I'm going to put some skin in the game. So anyone who's listening, uh, what, what we've had to do a couple of times is if, so here's, here's kind of, you know, since we're segueing into this a little bit, someone wants to give up the position. No one is, is offering to take it. Crickets. Well, so solution is that person who wants to give it up, they get to give it up. It is no longer their problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, if no one is willing to do this service position for the next three months or whatever, can you do it for next week? You know? Um, And then, you know, you keep it. But the point being is when I do, it's like that person who did their three, six month position, it's not their problem anymore. They get to like- it over and they're done yeah. and I think it's, yeah. it's up to the people with time in the room or who know to protect that person and reassure them no you're done it's mm-hmm. no longer your problem now it is the meeting yeah. that needs right. to step up and find a solution even if that solution is hey can someone just do it until next week or can someone we had to do this Megan I don't know if you remember we had to do it a lot with the key who had the key yeah yeah, mm. yeah. No, wow. and I and off the key every week. Well, I you were the person learned. came in who opened the meeting. So for for the young people out there, we used to meet in church <laughs> basements, and you had an opener who had the key to the church, who would get there early. Yeah, 
I am, I have a key right now for the one in person. For the one, yeah. Which is not actually my service position, but the other person has been out of out of town for the last yeah. Week, so now I have yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean that's been my experience with service in Portland, especially. Is I have to be willing to. I have to be at least willing to know that there's a possibility that the meeting will end without my service, yep. but I have to be willing to walk away yep. from it and like set a boundary. And yeah. usually they it continues, but like once you set like a hard boundary of like, okay, I'm done, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like someone yeah. will step up, but it's not usually until that. Yeah. Point. This is also, this is kind of related to everything that we're talking about. And we've talked about this before in the past, which is that I had to stop. There's a couple of times, different meetings in the course of my career that I had to stop attending because I did become the voice of authority and it wasn't good for me and it wasn't good for the meeting. Um, and it didn't matter that it was like a favorite meeting or something. It's like, okay, I'm no longer feeling one among many you know, and yeah, I just, you know, and so I did. And then the meeting, you know, I've heard a couple of times like floundered and what it, but then they were fine. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, what you were talking about. Like I was always there to sort of hold the structure of the meeting. And then it's like, okay, well, I need to go because now everyone's relying on me to do that. And that feels burdensome. Yeah, I mean, even what we're talking about, that's like a very good example of like Ellen on recovery, right? Like setting boundaries to take care of yourself and trusting the outcome to your yeah. higher power or to the meeting's higher power. And also I learned that through experience of getting resentful. The yeah. um, Oe Valley 730 OA meeting. I don't know if you ever went to that one, Megan. That it was like a St. Evans? uh maybe by I the Safeway no the other safe <laughs> yeah anyway um it was 7 30 it was seven days a week and you know I went there every morning I got there early I set up the chairs I set up the literature everything was ready so when people came and I needed it right and you know and it got to where people thought that that was just like it just happened. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I realized, and I did it for like over a year and then started to feel like resentful. And this is like early, early Al-Anon. Um, and, uh, and so I had to stop going, you know, and then I started coming late, you know what I mean? Like, and then they realized like, no, this stuff doesn't just happen. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, anyway, but like you said, Alice, that was on me. You know what I mean? Like, it was on me to, like, okay, I'm the one that needs to stop doing this. You yeah, know, no one, you know, no one's making you do it. Yeah. And all the people coming are perfectly happy with you doing it. Oh, yeah. They can you just know, show up and have a great meeting and leave and not clean up or anything else. Yeah. Well, I didn't stay to clean up, you know what I mean? That was like, I at least had that where it's like, okay, I, I did the setup. Someone else has to do the takedown. So 
Anyway, all right, so tradition eight in the OA book. Just got a reflection on that, aside from the fact that it's really short. <laughs> yeah, I found it was this one was kind of a a mix between the Alanon, like it talks about your own personal recovery. It talks about how none of us is paid to be here, um, and that we need to hire people. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I thought was very modern. Um, about yeah. this reading is it says OA meetings are often very therapeutic, but they are not the same as therapy groups. One major difference between OA groups and therapy groups is that they uh, can be seen in the ACE tradition. OA has no professional therapist charged with the responsibility for guiding or working with group members. Um, though most of us feel free to share our problems in OA meetings, um, providing psychotherapy is not purpose of OA and I thought that that was just like well that's not something that was in the previous yeah, but yeah. just saying like yeah. yes therapy is great and OA is not therapy and you right. might you might need to go get therapy yeah. uh yeah you know what that made me think of though um for at least for you and I Megan is that I think one of the things that works well for us is in OA is that we don't like being told what to do. And yeah, so definitely and, true. Yeah. Yeah. And 12 <laughs> step, you know what I mean? And I, and again, Alice that, okay. Alice too, she's nodding, which again, yes. it's like, don't tell me what to do. You know what I mean? And so coming into OA where it's like, okay, there is no authority figure. No one's going to Lord over me and tell me what to do. Maybe I'll stay. You know what I mean? So that, and then the third tradition, no one can kick me out, was like, all right, let me stay and see how this, what this thing's about. So whereas being in a group and, you know, where someone's supposed to be in charge of everything, I mean, my distrust of authority figures, think about that, Megan, I'd be like, yeah, let me, let me, see. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> you know? What school did you go to? You know what I mean? You know, what, what school of mm -hmm. psychology did you follow? You know what I mean? What makes you feel that you're qualified? That's interesting. Yeah. That, that makes me think of the very first meeting I ever attended. There was like a half hour newcomers meeting before it. Yeah. And there was a yeah. woman there answering questions for newcomers. And actually the woman was obese. <laughs> That was doing that service position, and yeah. and I'm thinking like I wonder if that actually helped me because I did not, I wasn't like oh she's the leader of OA I was yeah, like right. oh she's just figuring it out like yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah Lorna Kay talks about like her first meeting she thought the guy speaker was the president of Alcoholics Anonymous you know what I mean it's like yeah anyway Allison comments mm -hmm. on the OA. I'm looking at some of the stuff I highlighted. So it, the first one was about the uh, OA is built upon the foundation of sharing our experience, strength, and hope, one member to another with no strings attached. The no strings attached is what I highlighted because when I came to program, the only time you talked to me was when you needed, you wanted something from me. That's mm -hmm. how my life went. Like, right. Notorious older brother only time he was nice to me was when he wanted something 
Right. Um, and our reward is something money can't buy, our own personal recovery. Oh, that for this, none of us receives payment in money. Yeah. Nobody's paid. Um, service is its own reward. Yeah. There's something else. I'm trying to find it. Oh, this. <laughs> In a way, we learn to give our loving support to others freely without trying to advise people or change them. Yeah. And uh, um, I've, I, I've had some experience with sponsors where they, they miss that line. And <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you will do this, you will do it this way. And yeah. why aren't you changing fast enough for me? Kind of, you know, yeah. just... You know what? I, I I don't need an authoritarian in my life, right? Yeah. I need someone to walk with me, not drag me, or, you know, like, or drag yeah. me in the direction they went. I mean, it's it says find someone who has what you want and ask how they're achieving it, yeah. right? So yeah. you do what they did, but if what they did is... That would not have worked for me, Alice, I have to tell you. Yeah. Those are the kind it didn't of it didn't work for me. I and then no, it was no, just like I mean your kind of sponsor would not have worked for me. Yeah. Because I was always like, even though I had a sponsor, I was like, well, I have a sponsor, but I'm in charge. And it wasn't until I hit bottom bottom, which was my relapse, that I got to that place of incomprehensible demoralization and just absolute like I will whatever whatever, you know, and I, and, yeah. she, and, you know, like people know my story. I, I got myself an AA sponsor because, you know, sugar addiction wasn't being taken seriously in OA at the time. And uh -huh. so, um, and, you know, she was old school AA, there was no discussion. There was no converse and it was, but again, that was, that was an OA that was six years or seven, eight years in. That was my first relapse where I hit that. What's it called? Make something willingness. It's, it's called something. I know I always go to Megan because she nerds out on it. Like um, beaten into a state of reasonableness. You know what I mean? I was. Oh, I haven't heard that before. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was in the same place when I came in that I was, I was actually willing to just like take orders, yes. do what people said. Like, yeah. Okay, I will go to this many meetings a week. Okay, I will work. Through that. I don't know what yeah. any of this is, but I'll do it. Like, yeah. 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 Well, you're willing to go at any lengths to recover. Yeah. Right? That's the complete surrender. And I was, I was in program for two and a, two and a half years, two years before I hit the down on my knees, God help me. I can't do this. Right. Part. And then got a sponsor and yeah. And I got a sponsor. I knew she was anorexic. I knew she was anorexic bulimic, but uh, yeah. What drew me to her was her complete honesty in meetings. Yeah. I wanted to be able to do that, be able to just lay it out there and not be like, I miss away. I got it all figured out. Right. Yeah, she, yeah. she's, she shared her joy. She shared her sorrow. She shared her struggles. And that's who I wanted. I wanted it to be out there. Right. I don't, yeah. No more secrets. Yeah. Gotta be adding, adding, adding my own answers. Yeah. 
And remembering that all the lengths I went to to practice my disease, that's the kind of energy I need to put into my recovery. So. And then when did you come into OA, Alice? Uh, 90, 90, 91. Yeah. I think I was in, oh, maybe that wasn't, oh, wait. Yet. Well, I went, well, I went to treatment and right before I got married. So early 90s, 89, right? 90. Yeah. yeah 89. Mm -hmm. The only reason why is for, again, for edification, um, I got into recovery in 93. And so up in, it was around, um, God, it was like the late seventies and then the eighties where when you spoke, if you were a speaker, you were supposed to say what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And the, what it's like now was supposed to be all the promises. Yes. Yeah. And you were, and you were supposed to do that. And that's why um, Bob Earl, Bob E was so controversial because he had all this recovery and he was talking about his brain being crazy and struck, you know what I mean? And he got like people, it divided AA, like you're not supposed to do that. You're going to, you know, newcomers are going to get drunk. You can't do that. You have to talk about that. You can't talk about that at the podium was the big, huge thing. You can talk about that at the meeting, but not at the podium. And so, yeah, I think that, um, I also really related to the ones who were sharing, uh, what re because of what recovery really feels like. Because otherwise, if I'm not, you know, waking up like feeling like rainbows and puppy dogs, I think I'm going to do, I think I'm doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Or that I'm especially yeah. broken. I'm not saying I'm not especially yeah. broken, but just that, you know, somehow everyone else is getting this, but me. So. Yeah. I thought recovery would make me a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I thought I'd be, I'd wake up and take on the day it's gonna be yeah. great nope i still Don't like like you you'd wake up you do your meditation and prayer and then go for a jog you know, <laughs> you know? and then come back and do your sun salutation take your abstinent breakfast yes be thankful Thank to you. god yes yeah. every minute of every day yeah yes. uh, yeah yeah i mean most days i don't wake up and say god damn i'm still alive what the hell yeah. but yeah, that was some COVID going on there during that time. That was really that was tough for me. Oh yeah, that. yeah. But anyway, but, yeah. all right. Any Most days, thoughts? you know. Closing thoughts, Megan. Our Irish lass. For people who <laughs> people can't see, but Megan is wearing her Irish green, her Kelly green. It's called, right? She's looking like an so, Irish. Yeah. Lass. She is an Irish lass, but she's. I am Irish lass, but I'm just playing into the stereotype. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's really, she's gonna, uh, she stopped fighting it. She's going to start river uh -huh. in a second now. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, let's see here. Tradition, any final thoughts? Do we make 
other people responsible for our abstinence and other aspects of our recovery. That's something that, I don't know, I've just had more clarity on as I've matured as a sponsor, I guess, that like other people's abstinence um, is not is not actually my problem. It's a, I heard in a, in a speaker tape recently, like that's a God problem. Like <laughs> my problem is to help the, you know, whoever my sponsor is like work yeah. the steps and keep showing up and hold them accountable and stuff. Yeah. 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 So again, not acting like a professional, you know? Right. You know, Alice. Uh, well, I was, I, I have the, uh, ABA book, um, and I was struck by their, they have like six paragraphs on the tradition and only the last paragraph actually talks about hiring people. Mm-hmm. Most of it is talking about how, if you happen to be a professional in the, you know, AB treatment, any kind of service any kind of work you do that's paid yeah. does not count as service toward the, your fellows. Right. And that it's a spirit of free service. Yeah. And you must never view this like 12-step work. So the five of the six paragraphs was saying that, you know, however you make your living, yeah, this is this is one to one free, no strings attached service that your own recovery depends on. Yeah. And and not to think that, oh, you know, I've I've done all I need to do today. And like you were saying earlier, it doesn't mean you can't have you don't have to go to your meetings or work with your yeah. sponsor. Yeah. Well, and also for people who don't know, um, first of all, we highly recommend the ABA book. But also the ABA was started in Canada by a doctor um, who, you know, had anorexia, um, had a journey with it, and then was also working as a doctor with anorexics. Um, She's uh, apparently sort of became the doctor, you know, that people would say, oh, send it to Dr. Joan, send it to Dr. Joan, and, uh, or send her, send him to Dr. Joan. So I'm, I'm not surprised that there would be such a heavy emphasis on, you know, on that, given, given that I know uh, who started ABA. So anyway, all right. So we're getting, I can't believe how close we're getting. We're getting so close. 9, 10, 11, 12, four more. Holy moly. All right, ladies. Well, thank you everyone for listening to us like pontificate. We like it. I like it. They do it with me. So they must also like it. So anyway, till next time. I like it. I like it.